welcome back to the Double Pipcast, where almost every week we run you through all of the goings-on with Transformers TCG Universe. As always, you got me, your host, Cam, as well as Brandon. Too easy. And Sean. What up, what up? Not too much. Before we get started, we are going to be talking about the release cadence. Is that going to be affected by the delayed release of Wave 5 Titan Masters Attack? We talk about what was revealed on the Blues on Attack interview with Drew Nolosko with no events for the rest of 2020. And of course, this Friday, we have Titan Masters Attack releasing. We've already got some unboxings out there from uh, Blues on Attack and some of the other content creators. Um, so people are already cracking packs. But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about, you know, a little bit about what we've got going on uh, in our lives as we're, as we're working through still this this uh, pandemic. Uh, Sean, anything new and exciting with you? No, no, just uh, waiting for Friday. That's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to drudge through the days to get to then. <laughs> right, and you said you got two boxes uh, at the LGS, actually local to me. Uh, coming out to support uh, Upkeep Games over there in Howell. So uh, I know they'll be happy to get your business, and uh, you'll get some nice shiny Perceptor packs. Yeah, I might uh, might, might end up getting a third. I'm, I've got a couple days to think about that. Depends on how the, uh, the pack addiction goes. I got the package. <laughs> there you go. You might, might was... get a full play set. Yeah, I, I got through today. I was thinking, oh, I'll just go get a few packs of Wave 1. That's, that's all I need. <laughs> what about you, Brandon? Anything new and exciting in your world since last time we talked? Uh, not too much. You know, got the uh, got the wife's vehicle fixed. Uh, we had a warranty on that car anyway, so it's uh, took it to the Nissan dealership, and they got us uh, taken care of, which was nice. Uh, so I only had to pay the deductible, so I was like, yay, that's a win. We talking uh, Nissan Sentra, we talking a van, what do we got going Nissan on? Nissan Quest, 2016 Nissan Quest. All right, All right. Nissan Quest, yeah. taking the kiddos no. on an adventure. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what she she has that. You know, I uh, I drive the 07 Hyundai Accent like a boss, the little white jelly bean, you know. I got to look up <laughs> what that is. Oh man, it's it's a it was the cheapest car in 2000, I think I could buy brand new in 07 <laughs> so it was like after i got in military i had a 92 Suzy rodeo and it uh, uh transmission went out of the clutch or whatever it basically just took crap on me and it wasn't worth uh fixing anymore so then i was like okay i need a new car boom then hit the dealerships and with abysmal credit at that time which i've repaired since note to the kitties get your credit game tight guys <laughs> um yeah i ended up picking up that 07 hyundai accent from the from the dealership and it had it ever since uh that first week as a matter of fact i got it i was uh, i was driving i was in san antonio at the time and uh this lady was pulling out of uh, a blind like one of the situations where there's a whole bunch of traffic and she's pulling out and pulling out and then goes through one lane and goes through two lanes and then cuts me off as I am driving down my lane. Mm. Uh, boom, had to stop there, uh, immediately rear ended, but actually about maybe a five count, three count, something like that. Boom, rear ended by, uh, 
you know, this young lady who uh, worked at one of the finest adult establishments in the area. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Right. So, but that was very exciting to have a car a week old to get uh, right back in the shop. But it's been running strong ever since. So I can't complain. But no, other than that, just kind of uh, like everybody else, waiting on Friday, waiting to get these booster packs up. You know, uh, heard about this this little news here. You know, I'm sure we'll we'll get into that. But um, you know, I'm ready ready to fl- uh, flop some cardboard. There you go. That's that's one way to put it. Uh, me myself over the this long holiday weekend uh, did some things that uh, probably don't sound characteristic for a Transformers trading card game uh, enthusiast. Uh, Painted uh, the barn. Me and the wife painted our big old barn siding. Still have more to do with the roof and all that. And then uh, my lawn tractor broke. So uh, after fiddling with it for a couple hours, realizing it wasn't going to be worth it to fix this 90s tractor, uh, went to Home Depot and bought a brand new one, as Americans do something breaks you just buy a new one to replace it uh so that was what occurred over this weekend which may or may not affect my ability to pick up some titan masters attack cards but i'll live vicariously through sean and brandon (laughs) uh so rolling right into the news uh no events no events in 2020 so uh no origins no packs unplugged, no, uh, no, no, uh, no Energon Invitational for 2020. Um, you may say, hey, that makes sense. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, restrictions are just beginning to loosen up. In the news, they're saying uh, there's going to be peaks. It's not going away just because we want it to go away. Uh, doesn't mean it, it's going to magically go away. Uh, and, and these events have. Not even prematurely, they've canceled because they needed to get ahead of this and and uh, let everybody know that to, you know their vendors and all that that not to show up and and people uh, stop people from making traveling plans and things like that. So all these venues that have closed means no events for the Transformers trading card game. So uh, I know we all have our thoughts on that. Uh, Brandon, let's throw it to you. What What do you think? No events in 2020 for the Transformers trading card game. I think it's um, okay. So I understand that uh, we live in complex times when they require complex solutions, and <clears throat> you know this is a a game. Of course, you know we don't want to be part of the uh, problem. We want to be part of the solution. Uh, that being said. Uh, craziness, right? Because this game, you know, that we, we enjoy at this time is young and tournaments and, and organized play and competitive play is the lifeblood of it. It is what's going to get the, the name out there. People are going to be looking at events to see, you know, how people came up with, you know, decks and all of these things. And I know that, you know, for some of the other, you know, friend, uh, some of the other events, 
that that happen uh, with uh, wizards and and all that magic and all that stuff. I don't believe, and please correct us if I'm wrong, but I don't believe they're canceling the Magic 2020 season for you know the same same issues, right? So, you know, I I am I don't know enough about it to really be you know, super, super disappointed. I'm really going to have to go back and listen to that podcast again and understand the rationale. I, I get the rationale. Hey, you know, non-essential. Of course, playing card games is non-essential. But at the same time, it's okay. This could be one of those things that, uh, you know, has a is, is unrecoverable for the game, maybe, right? Because if we don't, show events and show people having fun and showing people, you know, playing these games and then competing at a high level. How are we going to encourage other people to get involved? Now, this could be the the portion where uh, local game stores have to take up the mantle and, you know, our community uh, as, as individuals, right? They have to force, you know, force the issue. Like maybe since all of the, you know, the, the big events at the cons are canceled, uh, what about, you know, PPG here in Florida, right? Uh, well, they're the ones who hosted the last, um, last event that I went to, you know, our, our PPG is TCG player is, is the other, you know, uh, third party vendors going to continue to have events and, and play something. And in case, you know, is, does that, is that going to save us? Yeah. So. I guess that's my, my thoughts in a nutshell. I'm super disappointed because I like to play in tournaments. Even if I'm terrible, I still enjoy the competition. Oh, yeah. Well, so reading from WeGotThisCovered.com, uh, six days ago, Magic the Gathering publisher Wizards of the Coast has announced on their eSports website that they have moved all of the 2020 season's remaining competitive events to online platform Magic the Gathering Arena due to the COVID-19 disruption. Uh, from Wizards of the Coast, the notion of gathering in large numbers with players traveling around the world to celebrate magic uh, being being the cause of that. The tournaments affected include the three scheduled regional players' tour events in Washington, D.C., Barcelona, and Sydney, the players' tour finals in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then the mythic invitational Zendikar Rising, uh, previously taking place from October 22nd through the 25th, uh, notably, the regional players' tours that were set to take place in the U.S., Europe, and Asia-Pacific have been combined into arena tournaments scheduled over two weekends in June. So uh, the article goes on to show off brackets and, and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, Transformers, uh, obviously much smaller, less storied, still young, uh, doesn't have, doesn't even have an infrastructure for online play uh, that's officially supported. Obviously, you've got Octagon and and people doing the, the homegrown uh, webcams, the Logitechs, the the microphones, and and making it happen. But yeah, uh, no, I, I totally see what you're saying, Brandon. Um, Sean, what do you think? I'm oh, sorry, I've got we'll, we'll edit that part out. Here is, yeah, this, <laughs> this stupid alarms going off, and I'm, okay, there we go. No, you're good. I mean, that's that's what all this <laughs> stay at home recording is all about. Uh, Things happen. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I you know I understand. I could see you know since Magic has that infrastructure for online, you know, I can see how that is 
you know, kind of a little bit different from then, you know, just canceling everything for Transformers. I'm sure Transformers have that online infrastructure that I'm sure events would probably be there. Um, you know, I think it's going to be dependent on the local gaming groups and your more uh, local and regional type uh, conventions. That'll, you know, I'm sure there's not, there's going to be gatherings and stuff that's going to pop up later on in the year. You know, we won't have the big ones, but, you know, you're, you'll still have your state, you know, your local cons and stuff like that, that I'm sure Wizards will have a chance to be able to, you know, help support and maybe even, you know, like the guys at PPG and all that, maybe they can get some more bigger organized tournaments here and there gathered. So it's, but yeah, you know, it's going to be dependent on the local groups and the retail stores to keep the interest in the game going, uh, you know, throughout the year, you know, it seems so. Yeah. And, and that all depends on when all the lockdown stuff ends. Maybe if the lockdown doesn't end, we'll just have like a seedy underground Transformers scene <laughs> pop up where there's like underground tournaments. To the death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That would be awesome, but, you know, it, you know, unfortunately, you know, since the game is still young and the competitive play only really started, what, last year? So, you know, to have one year and then, you know, this is, it, it's going to be a trying time for the Transformers game. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it doubt it that, you know, if it, you know, if it never recovers, you know, we may only get a few more sets. Uh, you know, I've seen like uh, what when uh, the Sony game servers, Sony Online Entertainment game servers went offline for like three or four months. You know, you remember years ago? Oh, I guess yeah. the broken the, the, the yeah the yeah the Lizard Squad or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, just that three to four months destroyed. Uh, Star Wars Galaxies, EverQuest 2, and the card games with those. The uh, the Star Wars card game and Legends in Wrath, which were really fun games and had a pretty good player base, but then just that three months, you know, destroyed it to where they basically ended up canceling all the games after that. Yeah. So, you know, so that, that could happen with some, you know, Magic has been around for 25 years. You know, as long as nerds exist, it'll probably be around for 25 more years. You know, Transformers, though, it's it, it's got to get it's got to get past that few years, and so far it hasn't. It's yeah. still got a year or so to go, and this is going to be the trying the, the the trying year. So, Cam, what do you think would need to be true to maintain interest, even if they do? Let's say they, you know, they shut it down for a year. They come back next February, let's say, year from the last, you know, major event. What, uh, what would need to be true? Well, so I think, uh, what's always been true of this is, and I'm, I'm not inside of the the Transformers team, but just going on what I've talked to Drew about and and articles that I've read from the the team. You know, this is a lot of people's. Game B, you know, their their main game may be Yu-Gi-Oh!, maybe Dragon Ball Z, maybe uh, Pokemon, and then they play Transformers on the side. And then, and those people may also um, not be core Transformers fans. They may, they could have picked it up some other way. 
Then you have people that just buy the cards because they're Transformers collectors, and they've never played. They they collect the figures. They also collect the cards because they're they're all in on the the IP. So I think you'll continue. They'll continue to sell cards. Whether oh. the the player base grows, stays the same, or people fall off because there's no competitive events, I think the only people you're really at risk of losing due to no competitive events that are officially sanctioned by Watsi are the people that attend that. And and so I don't have the number of people that attended and played at the Energon Invitational, but let's let's say it was 200 people, and I think that's generous. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, let's say it was 200 people. So that's the peak play amount. So at the most... And let's say let's let's plus it up fifty because there's fifty people that said oh, I can finally afford to get a plane ticket to wherever to play. You may lose some portion of that, but I, I don't. I think a lot of people uh, collect it, play it when they can, play it online, or they play in their subgroup. So the fact that there's not competitive competitive events that are officially sanctioned. I don't know if it'll have a huge impact on player drop-off. There, you definitely won't pick up any people that are, let's say, at a PAX Unplugged and they see the big Transformers uh, banner that you would have at like a booth or something like that. Oh, I didn't even know there was a Transformers card game. And they see these giant Fortress Maximus cards and then they, they get into it you know, just by proxy. Uh, no pun intended. There, they they, they are, they're walking by and they they get uh, intoxicated by the the big shiny cards. Um, <laughs> so you don't have that opportunity. Uh, the the look and feel in in person. So it's all going to be IGN articles, uh, small podcasts like the Double Pipcast, um, Blues on Attack, Wreck and Rule. Them can uh, continuing to make content and uh, release videos that pop up in people's YouTube feeds or uh, their podcast feeds um, because they listen to TFW or uh, other maybe kind of funny games. Somehow a nerdy uh, aggregator brings brings these this content into their face. So uh, I, I think, so that's my thought on whether or not this will affect or what type of effect it will have. I think it it will be a net zero. We'll, we'll gain some people because they're at home and they're looking for something to do. And they say, oh, Transformers has a card game. And then you'll have people who will be like, yeah, I just dropped off of it because they're not doing any competitive events. And even though I wasn't going to go, that just rubs me the wrong way. And they're going <laughs> to drop off. So a net, net zero there. Uh, the other thing of how can they the other question you posed of what can they do to i think i'm paraphrasing but what can they do to you know drum up the business back up Uh, when yeah when everything reopens yeah i think it's you know it's they're a very small team over there um i i know it's it's not it's nowhere near as big as some of their other teams behind dungeons and dragons and magic the gathering so they have a smaller team and it seems like most of the the hype around that uh, around this card game is all uh, word of mouth. It's they advertise it um, less than their other 
their other stable of games. And that will be the case until they until it's not the case. So I think as long as they continue to do the right thing in terms of promo support, like they are, uh, as announced on the Blues on Attack interview with uh, Drew Nolosko, uh last week, they are providing more perceptors if WPN stores can provide a case as to why they need more, which usually it's a one-and-done kind of thing. Here's your 12 buy-a-box promos. That's it. Uh, not only do they not do buy-a-box promos very often, uh, they they don't think they're going to do them that much going forward unless there's a special case. But they said, hey, you know, it's the right thing to do to provide more of these. They could have done nothing. So I think as long as they do the right thing by the stores when it's possible and it, it makes sense business-wise, uh, and they, they encourage... Um, the online play, they don't necessarily have to uh, do anything more than acknowledge it, but um, just uh, just being being there for the community because of the the community of I don't know five thousand six thousand people that are on the Facebook that's those are your hardcore ad- advocates. Everybody who's an advocate for the game is on there. So as long as they're popping in there, answering questions, making announcements there. The people that are the rabid fans, which those are the people you want to be advocates of your brand, as long as they keep the rabid fans uh, satiated, they're going to continue to, you know, uh, sing this game's praises till the end. And also, like us, we're we're fair. We we talk about some of the things we we're not feeling, and uh, they'll continue. You know, that makes our uh, our praise more valid when we can also say, yo, man, this isn't cool. Or, you know, there might be a different way to do this. So I think, you know, it's a long-winded way of saying if they continue to support the community, continue to support the LGS, and do things that also appeal to the collectors that may not necessarily play, I think they'll be able to at least be at or at or slightly below where they were going into this. You don't think the butterfly effect the butterfly effect has uh, is going to be significant, right? Um, you know, like uh, S dot, for instance. You know, uh, Stefan as a franchise representative of the game you know going going to events doing big things like when people look at him and what he's playing like they become you know sparks up that interest in the game be like hey man who's who's top dog right now oh that guy what's he playing right yeah i think you're right like if we if you keep those guys around right and they're still doing things the content creators that are still making things happen even you know like you know team all too easy san antonio right we are not we me because i'm in florida but them are hosting events they've already set up you know events at the local stores in the area so when this release pops off you know uh they're they're already ready to go uh as soon as soon as these cards are available so yeah i i I don't know uh so there's there's a couple things there so yeah like Sean and I were trying to do a an event. We were trying to do a launch event, uh, not try. We had it scheduled, and, um, you know, everything happened, so it is what it is. 
And as soon as, you know, I've, I've still been talking to uh, the owner at the upkeep to make sure that as soon as they're ready to start doing events and they're allowed to, that we're in there and we're, we're bringing folks in for learn to plays and tournaments and all that. Um, cause that's something we like to do. And, uh, the Michigan folks, Frank specifically, um, has done a very good job of organizing such events. Uh, and Sean always brings surprise support. Um, but I think if, if there are people that look at Stefan Pinkney, Dan Arnold, uh, Kevin Allen, um, you know, previous winners and say, like, what are they doing? I don't think it's the same type of thing like, let's say, a ninja or a Dr. Disrespect in the gaming world. If they jump from Fortnite to Valorant, mm-hmm. where all of their followers are going to be like, ah! play Valorant now (laughs) (laughs) because you know where if Stefan goes from Transformers and he may play other games I know he he used to play Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day when I spoke with him uh, on a previous episode he was a big Yu-Gi-Oh guy won a ton of cash playing that um, at different events but let's say he goes to Magic or Super Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z um, or he goes back to Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, or Keyforge, I don't know if people will be like, okay, because now Stefan is on this and competing competitively in a circuit or something like that, I will drop Transformers. Um, I think we are a strange breed in terms of Transformers. You have people like me who hasn't touched a, a trading card game since early 2000s, late 90s, and then you have folks like you and Sean who have played trading card games since they their inception. Uh, Babylon 5, uh, Legend of the Five Rings, uh, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, you know, the list goes on and on. So I, I don't know if... I think we're a small but resilient bunch where we won't sway too far either way because people still have that collector's mentality and want to want to catch them all if you will <laughs> but i mean that's that's just one man's ass. opinion i think it's solid it's valid yeah it's it's all gonna you know from this point on it, it's all gonna depend on the local groups and stuff all that stuff's gonna bounce back up once everyone knows it's you know semi-safe and we can get back to quasi normal again. Yeah, I mean, so I, so there's there's no planned events, no big events, but you know there'll there'll be some events that'll pop up here in the fall and in the spring or fall and the winter, and I'm sure you know hopefully Watsy will you know try to do something with those. Be like, hey, we can you know throw maybe a little regional tournament or something. Double pip cast, you know, could uh, sponsor like a uh, like a five k or something, two point five k or whatever, and we get get some of that swag from those uh, wizards guys. That'd be mm-hmm. all right. There you, you know. go. And speaking of what wizards has going on in the winter, allegedly, uh, we've got the release cadence. Since there was a delay in wave five, we're still in the midst of this pandemic with. Uh, an unclear future. The release cadence. It's uh, Drunalusco 
commented on Blues on Attack podcast, Blue Talk, said that he couldn't comment on it in a way that was meaningful because everything is so unsure, uncertain. So what does the release cadence look like? Are there more releases? Are they delayed? Are they the normal, uh, the cadence, uh, not counting the delay? So are we going to get our next set sooner than we normally would? Um, I, I think they have to look and see how Wave 5 does in the current uh, state of things, how previous sets continue to sell, and uh, you know what makes sense. Uh, you want you want to release that next set alongside a, a competitive season, I think. Um, but Brandon, what do you think? So I think that uh, we we kind of touched on this in our previous episode, and I think that knowing what we know now, like knowing uh, that. Uh, Wizards is aware of it and has not made a decision one way or the other, allegedly, maybe. You know. um, I'm not sure if it matters as much the release cadence. Like, I, I don't, I can't for certain say that it's as significant because the issue with the release cadence is um, it gives people, I mean, yes, there are the collectors and the people who want to get all the cards. But technically, all those collectors can have all those cards day one, right? So they can buy all that stuff day one. The issue with the cadence and the release cadence is solving the format. You know, solving the format takes time, takes events, takes you know players to figure out. Okay, the interactions on this, they have to break cards, they have to test things, right? Mm-hmm. So my my main point of view on that was if we have that truncated uh, time frame for this. In this next set, it's going to give people less time to actually play with those cards and and solve the format. Um, but people like new cards, right? So it also lets you get more uh, change up quicker, you know. So people can you know figure out what's degenerative, and then you have more options quicker because everybody likes getting that that next set. So you can you know throw a monkey wrench into it because Prime will be running around all day and then they figure out okay this is an issue in the next set they drop you know the the anti-prime or whatever the case you know and and figure out those those nuances that make competitive play interesting right since we're not going to have any competitive play i'm it might make sense to you know just push back every release until you know uh, the end of the year right and then just coordinate uh, the release schedule that gives your developers more time to kind of look and plan for when, uh, what sets are going to come out and what mechanics that they want to do and, and gives them an opportunity to, you know, coordinate future events with future releases rather than, you know, just releasing it just cause, right? Cause I, I'm not sure how the finances work at the, uh, with that, like how much revenue they'll, what the revenue delta will be if you push uh, six weeks, but I would just you know let it ride at this point. At this point, three months is the release cycle. I would push it back, you know, push back the release cycle six weeks and, and keep going. I said I'll do a little counterpoint on that. That I think knowing what we now know with no you know big events, no competitive play. I think, you know, one of the big things to keep interest Interest. and to Mm -hmm. drum up interest is new sets. So 
you know, from a business side, I could see where they may not want to put a full on, you know, delay on all releases just because they'll need to keep that interest going. You know, I'm sure, you know, just like any game, they have, you know, their next set probably since this set was supposed to release in mid-April. I'm sure, you know, their next set is probably already in, you know, mostly in their playtesting phase. And they're just kind of, you know, maybe, you know, since the team does uh, interact a lot with the community, like the pip kit, like, you know, the different cast with interviews with us and other uh, channels and everything, uh, you know, they're these channels are going to be making, you know, Stefan saying on Facebook, he's wanting to make videos. So we're going to see a lot more, you know, wave five videos. That's going to, you know, show a lot of that breaking aspect of the competitive play. You know, it may not be in tournaments, but you know, the big competitive guys, they're already on YouTube. They're already getting together. They're already just wanting to, you know, play competitively with each other. So, you know, uh, some of that will be kind of mitigated through that, you know, the breaking of the cards and play testing and everything. But, you know, they have to look at it from an interest and a business side. So, you know, there, there's an argument for both ways. You know, if there's with no competitive season, it gives a little bit longer to, you know, plan the sets for cards to, you know, be able to counter the new metas. But, if there's no real big metas right now, then we need to keep interest up. So we need to, you know, keep getting some sets out there. So you know, it'll be really hot. This this is probably ridiculous and stupid, but if they could, uh, you know, do do mini sets, right? So they say, okay, uh, let's just cut wave five and half. And put half of it out now, and then start releasing sets every six weeks. <laughs> that would be since there's no there's no competitive scene to be affected by the change in the cards, and you don't need the stability for tournament play. It would kind um, of be interesting. That would be like the you know the Blaster versus Soundwave pack or the Metroplex pack. I mean, Trypticon could have used his own pack. You know, and it, it, you know, probably would have sold or something. But I think that's one reason they stopped doing that because they didn't sell that much. But, you know, you know, I know their Soundwave and Blaster sold pretty good because that was, you know, something a lot of people, you know, wanted. It was strong. So, yeah, that that was strong too. You know, the just look at all the other they, all the other cards. Just even, you know. uh the Constructicons Devastator wasn't, you know, that great. I mean, but but the battle cards in it was great. You know, we got reclaimed through that. You mm, know, yep, work overtime. Yeah, so you know, you got you, that's what they need to do. They need to, you know, many maybe sets. do yeah, do a couple of characters or something in a set with you know battle cards towards them. And then maybe a couple of other battle cards that's more generic that are still kind of powerful. And then you, you know, you kind of mix it up with some commons and uncommons from all the previous sets. And, you know, have some little balance kind of things there. And, you know, that's something that would, that would work too. Yeah. I still think, I mean, again, this is, uh, armchair quarterback 
type things, but I still think there to to comment on this like mini set type thing. I still think there's there's room for a uh, a theme deck that is not uh, the the same approach that they used with Metroplex and with um, the Autobot starter and the uh, Decepticon starter. You know, take a re take a look at that packaging again. Uh, take a look at the price point. Um, maybe the cards don't have to be new art and unique to that deck. Uh, maybe you're taking cards that actually make sense together for a, a beginner player from wave one, two, three, four, and five, and some characters that you want to see together. Maybe they're not um, because all all the sets have had characters that are unique to the sets. The battle cards are not always unique. Um, mm-hmm. The Actually, the only ones that were unique are Metroplex, the Devastator set, and uh, Blaster vs. Soundwave. The two starters uh, did not have unique cards in them. So Metroplex for life, people. Metroplex oh, for yeah. life. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think there's, there's still... And that, that would help get get the, the kids that are shopping in the in the toys section um, into it at that low price point but I digress uh, in terms of a release cadence um, I I remember again going back to my my score Dragon Ball days my my Pokemon card days um, and a, a pretty similar release cadence if not more spread apart than transformers but i feel like from an outsider looking in i feel like transformers and magic have a much shorter release schedule we're seeing these much more often every three months i believe right yeah three to four months okay so we saw siege 2 last year what um that was November, wasn't November, it? late October, something like that. I could, I could look at, at our uh, podcast or, or look it up, but let's. It, it was Q four uh, of twenty nineteen, so it's it's been a hot minute. So, yeah, I I think going back to the enthusiasts, we'll wait about this long for a set and, and anticipate it. You know, people are printing off proxies, and Octagon uh, was updated by the person who's developing that uh, Octagon add-on. But I, I think um, in order to you, you got to do something in between for release cadence, uh, a secondary product that I may not buy because I already have the cards, uh, but you can get people it's it's a good entry point you always see people saying hey what's the best thing to buy uh well Mm. a lot of places you know support your lgs for sure but uh lgs's won't buy more of that that starter product because it doesn't fly off the shelf because me you and sean aren't buying that um they will stock the boosters extra boxes because we buy those things just on a whim but now your your global chains don't even carry it consistently. Local Target, there's a spot that's maintained by uh, the vendors at the front of the store, and then at the distributor, and then there's a spot in the middle of the store uh, in the toy section. Uh, this was actually two 
two uh, fixtures, uh, two racks full of uh, cards front and back. No Transformers. Uh, tons of overflow from the other big three, but no Transformers cards. So it's like, uh, I mean, I can't even find it if I wanted an impulse pack at uh, at certain places. So that's kind of a bummer uh, that even mm-hmm. outside of the release cadence piece that I can't find the, the product uh, unless I want to go online. You can find anything online, but if I'm, you know, picking up a six pack or I'm with my wife and I want to, grab a couple packs or something like that just on a whim, I should be able to grab them from wherever uh, cards are. I, there shouldn't I be did that a lot. MLB and NHL packs uh, <laughs> and no Transformers packs. Like, yeah, but like Meyer, I used to do that. Just like, oh, I'm sneaking a couple packs on this transaction here. Yeah, which maybe they don't They don't control that. It's not like... Uh, yeah. like it's not like a lot of other things. It's not like video games uh, where... A game comes out and they have it. Uh, it's not like, uh, you know, magazines or, you know, it's it's they make the product and then somebody buys it and decides to put it in a place. Once it's once it's off the press and the product is out there, it's handled by, I don't know, Diamond is that that's one of them, right? One of the distributors. That's one of them. Alliance yeah. Diamond. It's the, it's the three tier distribution system, and that I mean that's a whole. Yeah, that's topic in itself. Hopefully, in and that'll itself. be destroyed. Yeah, hopefully that'll be destroyed with this. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It sounds like you guys are in favor of it because you know, for this, oh, uh, well, for for what Cam was talking about here, that's how that stuff gets to uh, the big box stores, right? Yeah. That stuff doesn't come. It's it's real. It's a real awkward distribution chain method, right? That stuff just doesn't, you know, pop there. It, it goes through a different distribution hub than like our regular uh your regular pp uh not ppg but uh ph phd and alliance and all that other stuff because they're they're hangers and it's a different entity that handles all that you know i'm in general again it because i'd rather you know it'd be at the game store uh you know, selling selling products, but I know it's super convenient to be at Walmart and be like, let me uh, let me just go ahead and get this booster pack. Or when I was uh, I used to travel for work, and I used to go to this place called St. Augustine, and I, there wouldn't I didn't know anybody. I didn't there was no game stores, uh, so but I would go and pick up in between Melbourne and St. Augustine. There are like WalMarts on the highway, and I would go and grab me couple packs get, get me through those lonely nights <laughs> like mm-hmm. oh my god i need it get you through the itch the, the pack itch <laughs> a little get solitaire a little sealed solitaire against yourself so so i definitely understand the desire and the 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 want to have cards available at big box stores nationwide at the same time uh i would be more if if there was a better distribution model that did more for local game stores, I would be all over that. Like if local game stores could order directly from Watsi all the time with no limits, right? That would yeah. be great. And then, you know, just cut out uh, that, that distribution. I mean, and I'm sure there's a reason that they don't do it, um, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't posit or pose to know uh, the inner workings. I know you all, are a little more uh, 
in the know on that. Uh, you know, my my retail career, I know that figures and video games, uh, those those can be tough to to figure out in terms of getting those in street dates and things like that. But um, I, going back to the original note of uh, the topic of the release cadence, it, it's it's less to me about the release cadence because. People will wait. The people who are in the know will wait, but there's got to be something in the middle mm. to, or not even in the middle, but just regularly, that is a rehash to us, but new for somebody else, and put it out there in a way that uh, non-current players and non-current collectors can get it. And then funnel them into the, the place where the conversation is going on. Um, the newest newest set and they, they probably don't have any say over this but the whiteboard and the newest set has a magic the gathering uh advertisement on it previously it was uh siege uh toys advertisements but mm-hmm. you know some of that whiteboard should say you know join us on the official facebook page or check out transformers.com for the official rules or uh i mean there's there's a limit to what they they want to say on there right um they don't have sure. official forums or anything like that. And maybe they don't want people going to the Facebook for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, that'll be the last thing I say is just release some theme decks, get kids into it and people, you know, dads and moms and their kids. And, uh, and I think that, that's the growth area for this game right now. It's the collectors already know it exists. Well, I can I can kind of see I can kind of see something with this. I mean, I think you, you definitely could be onto something. Even aside from you know, I agree the release cadence, having something inside. So like three months, room six weeks. You know, whether you break the setup or not, that's one thing. But what you're talking about could be good, and I think Yu Gi Oh does it because um, they will oh, take all the time money cards. Right. So they'll take cards mm-hmm. that the price has gotten out of control and put them as fixed assets in a, tins. you know, a set of tens. Right. Uh, tens for all of you guys who don't play, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! are, mm-hmm. uh, is just a, like they said, it's a 10. Usually it'll, there'll be two, uh, two fixed tens and they'll have fixed cards in there and maybe a couple booster packs. Right. That's kind of, uh, definitely a way to make sure that we don't have $100, um, uh, call Optimus Primes running around too, for too long or, you know, have, you know, what is that other, um, oh man, that, that mercenary, what was his name? Uh, Octone. Oh, Octone. Octone. Yeah, you don't have $80, $90 Octones running around, right? You just do <laughs> something like that. You, they look at the format and say, okay, why is this card a hundred dollars in a game that's geared towards twelve year olds? Uh unacceptable. <laughs> right. And right. then just put out put out, like you're saying, a product that does that, you know, curbs the curbs the price. Yeah, well I think the not so secret secret is this game is not geared towards twelve year olds. Even though there's the Transformers animated series and Cyberverse, if you were to take a poll on who's watching Cyberverse, it's I would say it's it's older folks it's the neck it's the neck beards yeah i mean there's there's definitely teenagers you know (laughs) know, i'm not saying there's not any k through eight 
people watching Transformers, but uh, <coughs> again, I, it, I don't I don't know the inner goings on, and this could all be very. Um, you know, I, I'm not seeing it from both sides. It might cost X amount of dollars to have the type of penetration and the type of market uh, like breadth to to get a hold of these these uh, kids in terms of you know, get a hold of these kids, corral them all. No, uh, to get them aware <laughs> of the card game so that you know advertisements on YouTube for whatever they're watching. Uh, who knows anymore? I was about to say commercials after cartoons but i don't even know if people watch cartoons anymore uh well, people, it's, people love cartoons anime is super popular which is part well, of the reason I mean, that like I mean, pokemon like is ridiculous cartoons like disney xd and, and cartoon network yeah. nick at night mm-hmm. uh that type of stuff like um, cartoon yeah I, I mean i i get i get it but that that audience is uh those guys are watching that pokemon uh, mm-hmm. They loving it, all right. They're watching these these uh, these things. So, man, yeah, yeah, targeting it towards that group would definitely. They'd have to take some lessons from the '80s and just make you know a Transformers cartoon that's a yeah, half an hour cool. commercial, so that people will bug their parents, be like, "Oh my god!" And make sure that every character's name is said out loud, and there's a focus <laughs> yeah. on the character yeah. in bot yep. mode. It's like. All right, Sunstreaker, and he's like standing there, <laughs> and he transforms. Then, then you have the next, you have the next wave. It's Captain Sunstreaker, yeah. and then right after, it's like, "Hey kids, yeah, hey kids, exactly. do you want to play Transformers at home? Now you can." It's like the now car crashes through like this stack of plastic ice cubes. <laughs> it's like, like uh, I don't know if uh, y'all have ever seen the Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridge series on YouTube from Little Karibo, but there's always a running joke about kids aren't allowed to play children's cards games. <laughs> not, not with <laughs> that, the price these only, things are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, only, it's only adults that play children's card games. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, hey. My son. You, my son you go back cards. to Magic. You go back to magic. They could say that it's it's for children. It's like no, it's no, not. No way. Magic. Have, have, have you smelled the tournament? That's not kids. <laughs> no, magic. Magic. Even uh, and I'm not a simpleton by any means, but magic is also a lot more complex. There's there's a lot more to yeah. it. A lot more intricacies. But you know, well, it, no, it was I also didn't... like the when the Pokemon game first came out. Yeah, there was a lot of kids playing it, but it yeah. took the adults to break it, and uh, it was the adults that was. Winning the tournaments. Yeah. I won't even talk about you know winning tournaments. I'm just talking more about even the cards themselves, right? I'm oh, just yeah. watching children handle cardboard that is meant for them. <laughs> Sometimes just breaks my soul a little bit. I'm like, what are you oh, no, doing? wait, don't don't well, go, don't put it in your pocket. No, <laughs> no. It's like, why is that not the sleeve? What, what are you doing? Yeah, sleeve that. Don't, don't shuffle that. No. The only, the only time that should be unsleeved is when it's in your collection. Okay. They have like oh. their, they pull their pencil box out and all of the cards have like curled from the humidity <laughs> and not being in sleeves and you're just like, oh, and they like throw down like rares and stuff like that. You're like, oh, that's a super rare and it's now this like a taco. Now, now it's me. Close. Yeah. And me, I see a super rare. It's like immediately sleeved, immediately top loaded. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that would be the number one reason for me that these games are not, you know, not when you have hundred dollar cards running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So uh, you know, getting getting back to like things that's like a kind of thing we touched on is since there is no cons, you know, we do know that they plan ahead. I'm sure they probably had some kind of con pack or, you know, like last year they had the Soundwave Sound Blaster special art. So maybe that's something they have in the pipeline already, and maybe that's something that will release to LGSs instead, you know, immediately instead of going through the cons and Hasbro Pulse or, you know, like they did uh, last year with, like, the Omnibots and the Soundwave versus Blaster Pack. So maybe that's something that, you know, if they get those out, it's instead of it's a convention pack, it's the, you know, the LGS pack. Right. Me? Could be. So uh, with that being said, we've we've got Titan Masters Attack. Very exciting. Finally coming out uh, on Friday, uh, the 29th. It's it's going to be awesome. Uh the go-ahead has been given to LGSs to provide the in-store play cards uh, and distribute them however they would like. Um, it doesn't just have to be for events, uh, because, of course, who knows when those are, those are going to occur. So uh, the launch day promo, the, the tidal wave uh, character cards, um, you may your, your, uh, your local store may be willing to provide those now. Um, so very exciting stuff. Just know if you buy a box bottom, you do get Fortress Maximus, uh, Cerberus, and I can't remember his head character's name, but, uh, you get all three cards in a uh, box topper or box bottom. So make sure you don't throw him away. Tell your LGS to save these because if they're opening them up and throwing the box away, if they're not in the know, they will end up in the trash. Believe me. Uh, some people are not perceptive. Ooh, uh, look at that! Hey, uh, but yes, support your LGS. You may be able to get it cheaper online, but uh, if you've got a local gaming store near you and they are doing curbside delivery or appointments only uh, retail, definitely try and get a box or a few packs. And uh, yeah, especially. Packs. Especially now, this is when LGS is need you the most. So, you know, if, yeah, you can save twenty bucks online, but if they go out of business, you know, you're gonna have no place to to uh, you know play. So that now's the time to really spend that little extra money, support your LGS. Yeah, it's not twenty. It's usually not even twenty bucks. It's like five dollars. But gamers yeah. are tight like that. Yeah. And just for the audience to know, we uh, we here at the Dub Pipcast will be doing box openings. So I'll be cracking packs. We'll put that up. So stay tuned, and we will let you know when we have that up and ready. And yeah, we'll have if you the, haven't taken uh, a look at the Sealed Stratagems Episode 1 from Sean, a uh, lot of great feedback from that. And I know he's got another one coming out. I'm sure he'll talk about it. But uh, take a look at the Double Pipcast YouTube channel. Uh, I'm going to work on getting uh, all of the episodes that are not on there. So if uh, if you're not listening to this, you don't know what I'm saying right now. But uh, 
if, if for some reason uh, you also want to listen to us on YouTube, I'll work on getting all these episodes uploaded to YouTube as well instead of uh, your favorite podcast service. And then one of these days we can be like Joe Rogan. Boom. Yeah, well, right? yeah now now that Joe Rogan's off of YouTube, that YouTube was my favorite podcast mm-hmm. service. So. <laughs> no, I meant like we could... We make hundred million dollars. We can get some of that spot up three ways. <laughs> they can give us a hundred million pesos. That's that's fine. <laughs> Sean, do you have a sealed stratagems two coming out anytime soon? Uh yeah, well I'll be cracking open the packs Friday night and I'll be either filming late Friday night or early Saturday morning since I have Saturday off. So it depends on when I fall asleep. Nice. So, are you guys but, planning on streaming that on Twitch? Uh, where can, where um, do you think folks can find us? Uh, I don't know. I'm just uh, probably just going to be doing the video and throwing it up on the YouTube for the stratagems, and then I think me and Brandon might do kind of a dual competing box op- box opening. So, okay, we'll have to figure that out when it when it happens. All right. Well, keep uh, keep in touch on Twitter if you want to see what's going on with the box openings. Twitter, the Double Fifth Cast Facebook, and we'll let you know. Uh, until then, I've been Cam, and you've been listening to the Double Fifth Cast. Thank you all. Thank you guys. You know, take it easy.